Hello and welcome back to the LiberateAmerica.org podcast. My name is Sean Prober, once again joining me to discuss all things American and how best to proceed. Now in the fashion of last week's episode, I decided to do another, another weekly rundown because of the runaway success of that campaign. So... Project Veritas, and, and maybe you haven't even heard about this because I believe it just broke today. Uh, today meaning Saturday. Uh, Project Veritas has been raided. You know, so for those who are unfamiliar, the FBI under Hoover or that self-proclaimed communist James Comey is a tool often directed by political whim. The wind of political whims to get poetic about it. Armed with a rushed and thinly justified warrant, agents broke into reporters' homes, seizing who knows what when it comes to Veritas, under this dubious pretense of searching for Joe Biden's daughter's journal. It's, it, sounds, it sounds like a plot of, of some child show. Some children's show. Um, and, and this theft of the journal occurred years ago. And it was it was discussed uh, very seldomly um, on, on the media. You know, they published it. A few conservative sites uh, co- covered it. I, I have to look more into it. I, I believe it was something to do with hunter biden's relationships with business that that were perhaps inappropriate uh that was highlighted you know in some kind of reference to to an action in in her journal and that page was printed out and shown all over but not a lot of people covered it so in the face of the all the recent reports because veritas has been you know just out of out of uh, hand and in a good way uh, with it, with their stuff about pharmaceutical corruption and this Biden administration. So who knows whether or not this is retaliatory or whether or not they were looking for something specifically. Uh, we could only conjecture uh, at this point. But on that, I had never, I'd never been too, uh, too interested in Veritas and and James O'Keefe, but the more I see that guy, the more the more he grows on me. And he looks, he's got this exterior of uh, this big Irishman, kind of stoic. But there's a there's a fun guy under there, and and a, and a star. Yeah, there's some star quality there. So I'm excited to to continue to see the growth of that heavily litigated uh, <laughs> against man. Now, the government, moving on, the government bans churches from feeding the poor. You should not bow yourself down to them, nor serve them. For I, the federal government, the United States, am a jealous state. In this battle for hearts and minds, the state has an unprecedented power. For all the talk about slick CEOs and corporate abuse alone, there's really very little a corporation can do. I guess they could uh, they can 
send, send you a, a nasty message. Um, but the government can actually, as we saw when Oregon banned churches from serving the poor more than two days a week, the state can eliminate competition by declaration. You shall not depend on the state. You should depend on the state, not God, I think is the message here. You know, why Why do something for free when you can get money? You can justify money coming in by doing the same. So it, it's nice to be reminded sometimes about just how, how much good is out there. And these kind of programs, I see a lot of the synagogue and it's early in church. I believe a study just came out pretty recently that said that Muslims don't donated the most to charity uh, this last year. I haven't looked too much into that. But these houses of God do so much good for this country. And and to see that that's suppressed for, for no other means than to, to gain control and maintain control and maintain dependence is is sickening. And Oh, it should be a message to everyone. Now, uh, and kind of a, a provocative one. You know, we talk in the editorial room often about you know what kind of articles, and we and we all have our preferences, <laughs> and we say you know you got to get that really clicky one, that really fancy one. So, w- one of them is Boy Boy Scouts announce uh, that they're going to be beginning this whole CRT thing. So I figured rather than just address this specific one, because it's it's more of the same, I, I thought we'd kind of jump into just the whole CRT topic in general. And we've all heard everybody who who's for it will say this. We've all heard that CRT is a master's level class. Not something taught to children in public school. In fact, you must be a fool to believe this master's level subject, which is only an honest and unedited version of history, is being taught to younger grades. So you kind of get that that defense that, well, it might as well ought to be because it's just a harmless truth. I don't know about other people's experience, but we had um, we had our Black History Month. And I felt like we endlessly dwelled on slavery and how terrible... uh, We we covered slavery a lot more than we covered America's efforts to uh, stop slavery across the world, really, and the billions we spend on that. We definitely talked about the negatives of it more. I, I don't remember hearing too much positive about the Confederacy, so I'm not sure what it, you could ask them. What 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 do you want? And you, you never really get an answer. But how I liken it. So CRT is a framework that examines how systems and policies perpetuate racism. That's fine. All right, that's that's well and good. And of course, that's a master's level class. That's a, a good definition to work to work on, but. If I told you, for instance, I wasn't teaching psychoanalytic psychology to children, but then in their homework, in school board meetings and reviews of the curriculum, there were constantly 
elements of unconscious processes and transference and ego ideal. Would you feel silly if I said psychology is a psychoanalytic psychology is a higher level class that's not even taught in high schools? Nevertheless, elementary school, you know, would you feel like that was a compelling argument? Because it's actually that ridiculous. That that's the argument that we're talking about: implicit racism, anti-racism, race essentialism, racialism, the classic oppressor-oppressed narrative, systemic racism, anti-criminal. Um, incrementalism and anti-liberalism are all being pumped into these schools and their existence is proven each time these brave students these brave parents and the real unsung heroes these brave teachers bring them to public light and there are far more examples of these events than there are to support spikes in hate crimes against minorities, for instance. But those claims are swallowed like water to a thirsty man. So have integrity. And stop hiding behind semantics. Only liars hide behind these kind of games. What do you have to... What do you have to hide? And then to, to sum up... Our, our day and move to what should be silly but is actually turning out to be terrifying and that is the life of this let's go Brandon chant to, to explain if anybody's missed this there was a NASCAR event this guy's name was Brandon he I believe won the race he's talking to the reporters uh, the crowd, who who were Trump supporters, started chanting. Uh, <laughs> I almost fell for it. They started chanting "F Joe Biden." Of course, not not saying "F." I'm not sure if we've cursed before on this show. Uh, for whatever reason, I've decided to <laughs> in, in this moment that that we have to keep it G um, or PG. Uh, so they they start chanting F Joe Biden. And the woman, I'm probably just trying to save it. I'm not going to say any malicious motive. You know, this leftist is trying to conceal. You know, she was probably just trying to, to help out. Saying, oh, geez. Maybe she even believed it. But I, I don't believe she believed it. She says, oh, man, look, you hear that? They're chanting, let's go, Brandon. Maybe a producer jumped in her ear uh, for, for that. And ever since then, it became something of a joke that instead of saying F Joe Biden, you say, let's go, Brandon. That's kind of cute. To me, it's kind of cute. You know, it reminds me of maybe like a Midwestern kind of uh, curse against somebody. You know, you didn't want to really say it. So you kind of have this tongue-in-cheek kind of version of it. That's uh, that's my understanding of the Midwest from my New York perspective. I married a, a Hoosier and brought her to, to, <laughs> you know, to Florida. So, uh, you know, I, I consider myself an expert 
on, on Midwesterners, and it seems like a Midwestern kind of thing. I, I thought it was kind of cute. But now we have moments where there was a, a chant of let's go Brandon on a Southwest flight. I think the the pilot jumped in or, or the pilot might have, might have started it. Um, either way, we, we have Asha Raputa from CNN tweeting that imagine what would happen if they were saying death to America, for instance, as, as jihadist. Um, or, or long live ISIS was her example on this plane. And she said, I bet they would have board, got rid of, uh, they would have landed immediately and uh, heads would roll. And I guess comparing that that should be what's happening, that let's go Brandon was something of a, a terrorist uh, threat. Now, Juliet Kangman of Harvard uh, wants Southwest sued. In her messages, a uh, frequent commentator on all the channels, Chris Hahn, accused the pilot of sympathizing with terrorists. Uh, Ken Dillian, actually, call of NBC, called the Secret Service on a man who emblazoned uh, F. Joe Biden on his gun. And we have covered this theme over and over and over again. They're changing the definition of terrorists. They're changing the definition of terrorism, and they're changing what they want people to think about when they say terrorist. It is no longer al-Akbar and people shooting missiles and shooting guns into the air. They want you to think about your neighbor. They want to think about that guy with the red hat who thinks the let's go Brandon thing is the funniest thing. But that is, you know, to compare that with supporting ISIS, a group that's beheaded people or burned people alive, is where, is where we're at right now in our society. And that's only going to escalate. So this is a lesson here. This is a lesson for those who talk about hate crime bans. What can be a joke? What can be considered a, a simple and silly joke? And it should be considered that by people who love Joe Biden and people who hate him. Has become a sign that you're a terrorist. That you're on par with ISIS. And that is that's all you need to know about the subjective uh, nature of these kind of things. Those with power get to make the definitions. And when you make these vague laws, the people who are in power are going to have all the control in that scenario. So I hope you've uh, enjoyed this last week of content and this recap. And uh, we're looking forward to talking to you soon. Take care, everybody.